Hi, I'm Kat Farrance, and I'm founder of Movement for Modern Life. Welcome to Yoga Off the Mat. This is the Movement for Modern Life podcast, and in this podcast, I invite you to join me on a journey to meet the champions of change. These are the most inspiring people I've ever met, and they're living a happy, healthy, sustainable life. In today's podcast, I'm going to have a little chat with my good friend and teacher on Movement for Modern Life, Joe. And I'm speaking about happiness with him. And the reason why I wanted to talk with him about happiness is that he's been through some really quite tough times lately. He's been setting up a yoga retreat. He has moved house. He has moved country. I think he's moved house, what, five times? Um... And he's also been diagnosed with uh, you know, not, not a great condition. But he's managed to retain a really wonderful sense of happiness, equanimity about him. And I just wanted to catch up with him and find out what his hints and tips are. So if you are going through some stuff in life, and you just want a couple of tips, how you might be able to sort of keep your head above water when it's all going on, just listen in now. I do hope you enjoy. Thank you, Ju, for joining us. Thank you. And what I wanted to talk to you about is happiness and your take on how we can how we can get to that place consistently within ourselves, which is okay with the world. And I suppose the reason why it's particularly good to talk to you about it is because I know that you've been through some pretty big life upheavals and changes. And it's interesting because I think a lot of the time when people are within life's transitions, when they're moving house, when they're changing country, when they're doing something completely different, they're saying sort of to themselves, hang on a minute, I'm doing this thing. And after I've done this thing, then I'll be good. So give me a moment. But it's actually in that moment of navigation. So do talk us, well, first of all, do you want to sort of Talk me through your yoga practice. How does that look like for you these days? Hi. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, first of all, for having me. Um, it's really lovely to see your face, although it won't be on the podcast, but lovely to just have your <laughs> presence in real time. Um, and to see you. Yeah. My practice these days has really slowed down. My practice these days at a physical level has really been about being comfortable slowing down. Um, and I'm very happy to share the upheavals in my life, as you alluded to. I mean, mm-hmm. and I use the word upheaval to encompass good things and the not so comfortable things as well. You know, mm-hmm. I've in the last five years, I've moved house four times, including oh moving countries once. And <laughs> from moving to the UK, from the UK to France, we've moved house twice in France in the last two years oh my goodness um and included in the in in the uh, under the heading of upheaval is also getting married and leaving the corporate world Mm. after nearly 20 years um in the corporate world and teaching part-time um i left this life 
in London thinking I was going to follow my dream and have mm-hmm. space and really give myself to creating a retreat space mm-hmm. and, and, and make it available for everybody who wants to come and experience this gorgeous, glorious, glorious part of the world um, in Normandy wow. where we live. Um, and of course... That sounds like the dream. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and then it comes with its realities, the stress of it all, the, you mm. know, I mean... The stress of moving house, the stress of changing jobs, um, suddenly mm. finding myself in a country having to operate um, in French pretty much <laughs> the entire time, obviously apart from at home and with a few of the English friends that we made here. Um, mm. And while it's not at all daunting, I mean, I moved to, you know, I grew up speaking various Chinese dialects, but when I actually moved to China, gosh, that was 20 years ago um, for my short stay in China, I really did not speak Chinese very well. And after mm. seven years, I was pretty fluent there. And that was in a totally different text, you know. Whereas here in France, right. it's relatively easy. You can at least, mm-hmm. I can get a letter from the tax office and I can read it and pretty much guess what it means. Well, it's easier than Chinese, but that's not a very um, <laughs> the tricky thing. Like Chinese yeah. has got to be the hardest. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and um, one of the things that, very stressful events in life can trigger in the human body mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. autoimmune conditions. And right. after spending most of the last year and a half feeling really lethargic and tired, thinking to myself, mm. this is just the result of these four years of excessive activity and excessive change, um, sure. I had a pretty comprehensive health overhaul, uh, checkup, um, blood work, the rest of it. And I was diagnosed Mm. with uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is actually a much more common disease than people realize. Um, Most Mm. people with underactive thyroid disease, it is estimated that actually 90% or more are are just going undiagnosed with this autoimmune condition. That's the current Wow. So what are the symptoms? Is it sort of a tiredness, just exhaustion or... With this, basically, my immune system has decided that my thyroid is an alien body and is attacking it. Helpful. Helpful, really (laughs) helpful. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so it's all the typical um, uh, symptoms of an underactive thyroid, weight gain, lethargy, brain fog, memory loss, a little bit of hair loss. Um, Mm. And at the moment, Western medicine only has synthetic thyroid hormone as the cure. But Mm. there is increasingly research emerging from slightly more left field sources where it's about an overhaul in diet and lifestyle. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And stress is absolutely Mm. the first thing to address Mm -hmm. and to basically map out a list of triggers and a list of um, situations where you know you're going to be taxing yourself mm-hmm. and to consciously step away from that. Wow, that's an amazing practice. It's, it is. It, it's, I mean, it's that, that, that's a kind one. of life rehaul that everybody, I reckon, should be taking a look at. And isn't it interesting that you as a yoga teacher, you get that practice, you get to do that. Yeah, my body sort of basically said, okay, <laughs> Yeah, you can stand on your yeah. head long enough. Now I'm going to give you something else. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I'm going to give you the real work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so tell us about that. How, how did that sort of life inventory go? 
It was about really looking at diet and what mm -hmm. had to change and being mm -hmm. able to consciously say I'm making choices about what I eat and what I don't eat. But Joe, uh, you've always been a really healthy eater. I know you have. Oh, yeah. So, but I've also had lots of really guilty pleasures, which never <laughs> what had are any... They? <laughs> oh, dessert <laughs> and ice cream and... Right, yeah. sweet treats type sweet things. Sweet treats. Have, yeah, diabetes runs in my family, so I really need to watch out for that as well. Um, oh, okay. And um, I love cooking. I absolutely mm. adore cooking, and, and we both mm. do. And um, so it's really made us re-examine how we bring this similar joy to making food and eating food mm. without resorting to the, to the typical ingredients that have caused us. Um, problem, yeah. as it were. So, so no yummies allowed? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. It's just a conscious choice of what types of yummies. Right. So, okay. you know, I make my own ice cream. I make my own bread. Oh my oh my I make my own dips. So at least you know that there's nothing processed and there's no sort of nasty palm oil or anything like that, which is in loads of ice creams and things. Yes, and I think the conscious act of making my own stuff um, mm. on a very regular basis with that intention mm -hmm. of this is going to be good for me, mm -hmm. I, I, it's unproven probably, but for mm. me it feels like there is some effect there mm. that I'm making this for my own well-being, so surely there must be some wellness vibe that's feeding through the food. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because it's like, I don't know if you've seen that film, um, like Water for Chocolate. Have you seen yes, that French yes, film? Yes. Which is all about bringing the intention of how you cook something into your food. Mm. And it's like, and that intention was love in that film. It's a great film. I really recommend that. It's, a, yeah. it's just a really beautiful watch, I reckon. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like sowing the intention into your food practice, making your cooking a practice in that way. Um, That's pretty extraordinary. And, and it's recognizing, okay, I've got a craving now. I've got a bit of hunger. I've got a bit of thirst. Mm -hmm. What am I going to put mm -hmm. into my mouth? Am I going to grab that glass of wine or am I going to grab a glass of fermented fruit juice or vegetable juice? Mm. And sometimes mm. I give myself permission. I will have that glass of wine. Mm, um, good. I'm glad to hear it <laughs> because you are in France, and it would be a shame not to. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. I live in France, and I can't eat a croissant from the local bakery. Hmm, and, sad. You know, we live in the one of the world's most wonderful cheese-producing regions, and ev mm. evidently, I have tried most of it. Um, but yes. but now I'm very consciously seek out the small farmers, small organic cheesemakers. Um, oh. who, who make organic yogurt, who make organic cheese from a very small um, specific farm um, or specific small holding and they know what goes into it and the same amount of care and attention does go into it and I find that when I eat that mm -hmm. instead of something that's been wrapped in plastic on the supermarket shelf, mm -hmm. my body reacts differently to it. Whoa, that's absolutely phenomenal. That's really interesting because um, I sometimes think, you know, or the kind of, you know, what is the real difference between going to like your farmer's market, which has got something that they have, you know, maybe made the night before and they bring out, which costs 
20 times the amount of something at sort yeah. of generic supermarket Tesco yeah. or something. And you're like, oh, you know, yeah. God, I'm just going to go to Tesco and save myself some pennies. But mm. actually, to know that, and it actually affects your body and such, because your body is, at the moment, it's a very interesting, I'm now considering your body as an interesting experiment for it our is. bodies, which are slightly less sensitive many of us like my body isn't as sensitive it's not going to react in that way but to know even whether or not i'm consciously aware of how it's affecting me to know that it will affect in the same way that yours is just that yours is being helpful and giving you that feedback it's because yeah cool. and you're sensitized to it and there, I, rem I remember the first time i was taught some meditation you know in that blade of grass that's going to be eaten by a cow that will that will then make the milk that would then get turned into a cheese that then goes into a meal so when you have that mouthful think of mm. that blade of grass here literally i can point to the field mm. where the cheese came from mm. Mm. and that mm. i think has mm. a huge impact um i think it's obviously i i'm in a very privileged position where i have mm -hmm. that available to be able to yeah. be here and to have access to that. And I think for a lot of people, and myself included, who have spent years and years and years in an urban environment where food mm -hmm. is brought in from somewhere quite far away, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is only an imaginary concept. Indeed. And to be really close, the proximity of mm -hmm. what is being transformed into energy in my body, and to be able to touch the same patch of earth or a nearby patch of earth and to know that the rain mm. that I'm, that's falling on me right now is the same rain that's going to grow the grass, that's going to feed the cow, that's going to become the cheese I buy in the market. That yeah, that's powerful. That takes a slightly different meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. And also I think the importance of, because uh, around here in the UK there are plenty of farms, but there are some, in fact, most of them, are massive. They're basically, it's just industrial agriculture. So mm. even though, and I'm sort of, I'm becoming more and more interested in the lands at the moment, I'm looking at farms um, as I wander around on my travels. And I'm looking at sort of different ways that they do things. And most farms here appear to be seriously big operations and really intensive. Mm. So even though it's sort of really local, it's still that intensive thing which maybe isn't the kind of thing that your body would respond as well to i think i don't know i i honestly don't know i mean we buy a lot of our vegetables from a local farm here that's five mm -hmm. miles down the road um mm. and they are a husband and wife team with a few helpers and they mm. do have acres of their own um growing space Mm. Um, but it's not at a huge industrial level. They have their farm shop and they supply one market in the nearest town. Oh, yeah. That's so that's it. that's small. They're not supplying Tesco. No, they're not supplying Tesco at all. I think in, sure. in, in the larger scale stuff, there is still, I think it depends on the practice. I think, mm. I think as long as there is a clear awareness of these are the standards that we're adhering to and this is what we're delivering, as long as there's consciousness in that and we're not pretending that mm. there's something more than what it actually is. Right. I think that's where we start to, where, I think that's sort of the mind-body connection, isn't it? If our mind's thinking, just because it says organic on the box, it must be good for my mm. body, how much can we really fool our body into believing that before the body mm. gives us a different 
signal. Mm, mm, mm. That's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah, food is the mind-body connection. If there is anything that is, it's like that's everything mm. there is. So that's that's really interesting that your um, your body's taken you on this journey of exploration into what it is to eat different kinds of things and to be a bit more mindful and conscious. Yeah, and that for me has. Coming back to one one of the things we want to talk about on this call, which is about mm-hmm. happiness, it has really made me redefine where and how happiness is at mm-hmm. each step along the way. Um, when we first moved here, I had this image of exactly like you said, we have these plans, we're going to go mm-hmm. there, we're going to renovate these buildings, and we're going to be happy, and it's all going to yeah. be great. And every step Absolutely. along the way, I have had to reevaluate what that means. Um, and really examine the gap between where I am and what that fixed idea of happy is. Um, and depend and, and depending on the day, how I'm reacting to the gap. Mm. And what I've learned is I can choose what happy means for me in any given point in time today. If today all I can manage is to not complain about something, that means that's okay. I'll take that as being happy today. Mm. I don't need to be happy, clappy, Hare Krishna, <laughs> um, you know, chanting my way around the studio all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are days when that comes really easily. In the same way, there are days when I'll happily sit in meditation for an hour, and that's absolutely blissful. And there are days when if I can't manage more than five minutes, I'll have to be happy with that. Um, but every single day, I think one of the biggest things I've learned is how can I redefine the gap between where I am and what I have decided happy is. Right. And I suppose that's a really interesting exercise that we can all do with our expectations, because I don't know if this resonates with anybody else, but I certainly have um, I have my little imagination. I sort of stare into the distance mm. and I might say, oh, yes, in my happy life, I'm you know, and imagine, oh, I'm on a beach or, you know, whatever kind of ridiculous <laughs> little scenario about, yes, then it's going to be like this. And actually, um, it's very interesting, isn't it? Because if that were to happen, then I'd probably find that, you know, I was getting eaten by mosquitoes or whatever. <laughs> and if it wasn't to happen, then I'd be still in the same sort of state that I'm in right now. So it's kind of, yeah, this happiness thing is a very elusive concept if we do attach it to our outcomes, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think the word happy, I see so many things out there now that have made happy a destination or some sort of badge that you have to Mm. earn and wear. Right. Um, Obviously, the the, the key thing comes down to, even though there is that same word happy, what it means Mm -hmm. to each of us at any given point in time. And I think the, re- the important thing I've learned is I have to remember that I can decide what that is for yeah. me today. Yeah. Do you think that you it can go as strong as, because I know that you've just said I can choose to be happy. Do you think it goes as strongly as saying within any different moment, no matter what's occurring, you can make that choice? Do you think that's the sort of thing that an advanced practitioner would be able to do? I believe that the choice is available to all of us all the time. How successfully 
we react to、mm. that knowledge is a totally different thing.、Mm. I know that I have a choice not to honk my horn if somebody's <laughs> really cheesing me off on on the road,、um, but how successful am I in resisting that temptation? That、mm. that is still.、Mm. Something that I'm working on for sure, right? Definitely, absolutely.、Um, there are yeah, certain yeah, yeah. days when I'm much more successful at than others.、Um, mm. Yeah, and and obviously there are things that I can do when I know that I'm having a bad day, when everything just irritates me,、mm-hmm. when when the slightest,、mm-hmm. when the slightest, you know, tone of voice that isn't all jolly and happy comes from my husband, and and I'm suddenly like. <laughs> Why? Why are you judging me today? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's not him at all. It's all in me, and I've got to It, remember that. Mm, mm. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because we say before you can start, before we start a yoga practice, and especially in Qigong, it's a very common thing to have an intention for a practice.、Mm. And basically, what you are saying there is you're having an intention before an interaction. So before your poor husband opens his mouth and says something, you're like that that you know is going to be something that's like wrong. It's going to grate you because that's how it is with married people. Everything they say is awful.、Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, do you do you do that? Like form that intention? Like. Okay. Before I step into this scenario, before I open the door and come home and see his face, I'm now going to be, I'm going to be okay with things. Or how how do you frame it, Joe? It's the first thing I do when I get up in the morning, even before I get、oh. out of bed.、Um, I sort of, you know, whether my eyes are open or not, I sort of spend a couple、mm-hmm. of minutes just sort of lying there. Mm-hmm. And、Tell、I do little, yeah. Go on, tell me what, what's the practice. I do a little check in. I do a little check in. Okay. Like, okay. What's going on? Obviously, the physical stuff is the easiest. It's like, do I feel、mm-hmm. tired this morning? Do I still feel a little bit foggy brained?、Mm-hmm. Do I? Does my back still hurt? Or you know, do my arms、mm-hmm. feel achy after yesterday's classes? What's going on at the physical level? And then、mm-hmm. it's like, what else is swirling around? Maybe I'm still sort of scanning my dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, commentary from、mm-hmm. that sort of come out of this sleepy haze with,、um, and then it's like, okay, what's what's the internal weather like? What's from the muscles on my face? I can pretty much tell what's happening inside. You know, am I? Can am you? I, I can. Fr- it's like, am I frowning right now, or am I quite? Ease is a smile coming quite easily onto my face right now, even as I'm just lying in bed, semi-conscious. Do you do, you do that? And it's just this is sort of before cup of tea, before、oh, totally. anything. Totally,、oh, before、wow. I even pull the covers off. Wow, but this is great. That's so interesting. I've never thought about that. What's my face doing at the moment? I mean, I've got one of those sort of frowny, resting bitch faces at most of、oh. the time. So it's like it's a beautiful <laughs> face. <laughs> So, but that's a really interesting thing to sort of consciously sort of frame yourself. Do you frame yourself into a smile if you're if you're waking up a little bit sort of frowny and perplexed? No, I don't think I consciously force myself into a smile. It's more, <laughs> Do you not? Well, that's good. <laughs> that's a good view. That's hard. Though later on in the day, if I'm really finding that, oh golly, I have been frowning for most of the day, I will look in the mirror and force myself to smile. Brilliant. 
Um, just to I be really like, like that. even if I have to hold my cheeks up with my fingers, I, I <laughs> go and do it. That's brilliant. <laughs> Apart from anything else, just being silly with myself in the bathroom mirror, you know, in the bathroom mirror will just make me giggle if nothing else. And that's actually so much nicer than the kind of judgmental thing that most of us do in front of the bathroom mirror. I don't know about you, but I mean, when I first look in the mirror, it's kind of, I just feel the sinking feeling of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> well, lately for me with the Hashimoto's, it's really like get in the mirror. I sort of run my fingers through my hair and see how much hair comes out in my fingers. Oh, hair loss is, 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 is an issue. Um, so I've, I've oh, yeah. consciously... Bit, catching myself with that to be like okay mm. so if even if hair does come out or it doesn't mm-hmm. how am i reacting to it it's hair it's gonna wow. grow back you know wow that's uh, that's really interesting because so many of us will look in the mirror feeling that kind of sinking feeling of whatever mm. it is like most of us are getting older oh, okay. <laughs> don't get me wrong my bathroom mirror ends at my at the level of my armpits, you know, I don't see anything in the mirror that is below my chest. Yay! Happy days. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a bathroom scale in my house. I, yeah, the absolutely. only time I get weighed is when I go and see the doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I really like that thought that you can sort of frame how you feel in relation to it. I start with myself because that is the one thing I know that I can have the choice to control. Mm. That is the one thing I know I can control each day of my life. So if I don't start there when I open my eyes in the morning, I'm, <laughs> I'm already sliding down, slow, down a slippery slope. Mm. Mm. And of course, mm. there'll be days when I, you know, the alarm goes off at six o'clock in the morning and I've got a class to teach. And you just need to dash out. Yeah. I've got a class to teach at 7.45 and off I go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. One of the things, the other things that I've started doing more consciously is silent mornings for How myself. So I consciously try not to speak too much before a certain time in the morning. Um, obviously, if there are logistical things in uh, you mm. know in the house that needs to be discussed, like mm. feed the dog, who's walking the dog today, mm-hmm. etc., that's absolutely mm-hmm. fine. But I try not to get out of bed and immediately immediately launch into a whole intellectual discussion or a, a, a quite a convoluted thing that requires lots of activity and logistics and choices. I try to preserve my mental space in a little in a bit of a quiet bubble until about 9 30 10 o'clock in the morning if i can and does that go for your internal dialogue as well when you catch yourself chatting to yourself about oh i'm gonna do this and this and this and all my shopping list and things things you know all the things that kind of crop up about that you're gonna do in the day i let that happen i i let that happen um and sometimes i just sit and just let it happen sometimes Mm -hmm. i'll just say, okay, I'm now going to do writing and I sit mm-hmm. and write for an hour. Um, it's good to have that sort of a bit of a focus that, okay, I do have to get this book out by the summer. So I've, I'm going to sit and write, even if it's not coming out, I'll say, right, mm-hmm. just write instructions on how to do this movement um, and do that for half an hour, an hour, um, mm-hmm. get that done. Um, just so that whatever detritus is still coming through me Mm -hmm. i give that a bit of time and space to settle Mm. 
before. And it's interesting, yeah, and you're not following, and you're not following those thoughts. So no. it's not like... If I can uh, help it. If it's not useful, I don't follow it. Yeah, right. So that's, so that's a really interesting... And have you noticed, does that change how you feel? Is that, does that help you? Does that make you happier? What do it you think? certainly makes me much more aware of what regularly happens in my head when I first get out of bed. Hmm. Um, because that does frame the day, doesn't it? Mm. How we first feel. Yeah. I mean, how often am I waking up worrying about what happened last night or what happened yesterday or mm -hmm. what I did or didn't achieve mm -hmm. yesterday? Mm -hmm. And how yep. much of that is going to now influence this new day? That's so fascinating, isn't it? Because we kind of just I speak for myself. I just let it ramble on and let that happen, all of yesterday's stuff. And then with today's accumulated list and then add in a little bit of stress about all the things that I messed up on and, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, trust me, there was a time when we had seven sort of, you know, those sticky whiteboard sheets, like those A2 yeah. sheets. We had seven of them all across the wall with to-do lists for the Crumbs. both of us. And, that, and we just collapsed in a heap of overwhelm because there was just too much. Yeah. So we then started yeah. a different list which was the done list. Yes. And instead oh. of crossing out things from what is left to do, we actually write down our achievements. Today, we have achieved this. I have planted X plants. Or That's I such have... a good idea. Yeah. I love that. I don't know how we got to it, but it just occurred to me one day that I just cannot look anymore at a list of things that we have not done. But yeah. I want to remind myself what we had achieved. And it was probably winter a year ago when we had done a load of planting in the garden. And partly driven out of a desire to keep a record of what we had planted, I started writing it down. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at the list and I thought, blooming egg, this is pretty impressive. <laughs> and, and the sense of relief that came with that mm -hmm. realization was really powerful. Um, so I just made it into a big sheet and I put it by the kitchen door. That's amazing, isn't it? So, and isn't it interesting that we haven't, like, that's not a normal thing to do, the done list. I, haven't, I, I have no idea whether anybody else does it, but I think everybody definitely ought to do it, especially if you are susceptible to feeling overwhelmed and mm -hmm. paralyzed when there are too many things going on. Mm -hmm. There are, there, there are others, obviously other practices like gratitude lists and all the rest of it, yes. but that's for a very specific aspect of life. But when you just get satisfaction, like me, I get a huge amount of satisfaction from things I have achieved. But in a way, it's not so different because I was just thinking it's not that different from, because I do do my gratitude list and it's really, really changed the way I feel in life. Mm. Um, but actually, it's not that different, the done list, because in a way, the gratitude list is also about gratitude for the way that things are and the way that things panned out in the course of the day. Absolutely. And... I'm not dissing gratitude list at all. I think that the gratitude <laughs> list is a really wonderful thing. And actually, that reminds me, there was an, a point early on in our marriage where Patrick and I, before bed every night, would actually say to each other, okay, here are three things that I'm grateful to you for today. Oh, that's lovely. Which really helped um, us sort yeah. of get through. If that, I mean, ten, if that had been any tension throughout the day, mm. ending the day that way really helped. 
we found. Yeah. And um, I bet you with five house moves, there was surely tension because oh, there's yeah. nothing more stressful oh, than yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so let, that's amazing. Yeah. Don't remind me about the time when the day we were due to move from St. Albans to France, he reversed the rental truck into the gatepost and broke the brake light on the rental truck, like literally as we were about to leave the house. Oh, so helpful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Patrick, for putting yeah. another item that could potentially be on our done list, <laughs> fixing <laughs> the lights. <laughs> so the done list is a really wonderful thing. And for me, it was about, okay, I can go to, for me, I think it was about controlling anxiety. Mm -hmm. Because I do, one of the things I've learned about myself is at the end of the day, because I have this sort of habit of reviewing what i've done today i mm -hmm. often get to 11 o'clock at night and i start to panic about the things that i hadn't done i see yeah, yeah. even though I, I might have achieved eight things out of a list of 25 i'll be focusing yeah. on the things that um, i haven't achieved but having the right. done list was a really good way of saying actually i got eight things done today and that's pretty damn good yeah yeah i think i, I really like that because there is so much focus, I suppose, in this life, in this world on what we're lacking and what we're striving for and what mm. we still need to do. Mm. And again, I suppose it's a practice of coming into the present as well, isn't it? Because mm. we have got things, we have done things, and we can be grateful for those mm. things. And and do, do you think that helped you to navigate through your overwhelm feelings? Absolutely, 100%. Mm. It gave me something concrete. It wasn't mm. something that, you know, I had to dig around to find a feeling mm. for. It's like, this is a fact. Right. I planted X number right. of rose bushes today. Mm. You know? Nice. Um, and I think with a lot of, um, uh, with, with a lot of these daily life situations, one of the mm -hmm. things I've forced myself to apply is this nebulous concept of the yin and yang mm. of like there will be always something that is on the ascendant and something else that's going to be coming down so mm. what is going well for everything that is going well there'll probably be something that is not going as well as it were okay. in the grand scheme of balance um, okay and for as much as I want everything to always just be well and moving in the right direction, mm. um, if there is something in front of me that is really pulling me in, saying, oh, this isn't going right right now, mm -hmm. that means something else is. Oh, that's good. Okay, I, I, I can see it. Because at the beginning, I was thinking a bit like, mm. you know, so just when you're thinking things are okay, actually yin and yang, <laughs> something's not. <laughs> But actually, it's a bit more realistic than just saying yeah. everything's going great. Yeah. Because you know what? Some things realistically they're not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. And it's also like, okay, you know, if we sort of pan out, today might not have gone so great, mm -hmm. but we've had days in the past that were really amazing, and tomorrow might be great. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just to remind myself that there is that. And if we really mm -hmm. want to understand this concept of yin yang, Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm. Sometimes, mm. Uh, sometimes we're good, and sometimes we're not. Mm. 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 So, 
And, and now I want to sort of dig in to a little bit into your yoga and your movement practice. So your mm. meditation is part of your daily life. Yeah. And do you practice yoga every day? I know that you teach it. <laughs> I teach it practically every day. Uh, my own physical practice every day, as far as movement is concerned, is a mix of yoga and qigong and um, seated meditation and walking. Mm. Oh, I interesting. Walk. I walk. Um, obviously, having dogs really, really helps. Um, but sometimes I just yeah. stand. I just stand in wuji, you know, in, a, in the qigong posture, mm -hmm. wuji, and just do a body scan. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things, coming back to sort of the physical aspect of my life at the moment, one of the things that I'm really struggling with at the moment is shavasana. Mm -hmm. I oh, interesting. Cannot, I can't, you know, for me, the most challenging right now thing, posture for me right now is Shavasana. You just can't relax. I can't lie down for 20 minutes without my brain mm. going crazy and the mm. guilt and the sense of, God, mm. I could be doing something else with these 20 minutes instead of lying down. I was going to say to you, to be fair, <laughs> not very many people can do a 20 minute Shavasana without that <laughs> happening. You know, that's quite advanced. I think more people can do a 20-minute handstand or headstand than 20-minute Shavasana. That's hard. <laughs> so I do it with the dogs. And I have to say, um, that that's really helped. Hmm. I do it because with the dogs. Kind of, so because you're kind of snuggling and they help you to relax? Oh, I consider it as I'm spending time with the dogs right now. Ah, so you manage to compartmentalize it that you can kind of rationalize it in another box to yeah, I'm now taking care of yourself. There is, there is a really awful multitasker in me that I've not managed to successfully assassinate yet. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Um, yeah. But when that, that person's in most of us, I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you want me to do 40 sun salutations as a break, I will happily do that. Mm -hmm. um, lie in Shavasana for 20 minutes at the moment, I really, really struggle. But okay. if I say to myself, I'm going to cuddle with the dogs for 20 minutes. Then um, it's okay. And it's absolutely fine because I'm spending quality time mm -hmm. with them. Um, mm -hmm. They'll make me giggle. I can give them a little scratch every now and again if I start to get distracted. Um, yeah. That's actually a really useful framing practice for people. I think that's brilliant. That's a little bit of genius because I'm someone who I can't do a 20-minute Shavasana. And I mean, I can't even hardly do a five-minute Shavasana, to be honest, mm. unless I'm pretty much locked in a room. <laughs> like I'm, <laughs> I'm pinned down to the ground. You know? I, I can't do it because, like you say, suddenly the brain will start worrying with all the things to do, and then the guilt. Yeah, and then I think, oh God, I'm just going to be thinking about these things. I may as well do them, mm. and then off I trot. Yeah, so absolutely. that's kind of. Funny. But I love the thought. That, that guilt thing is a really interesting one. I think that's one of the key things that I've been trying to get myself to reframe, coming back to this concept, what we are saying earlier about redefining what happy can be. Sometimes for me, it's like, can I not be guilty for lying here for 15, 20 minutes? Mm. 
that for me would be for that point in time my definition of happy mm, that's interesting and i suppose you know that because of your health condition you really do need it yeah now that shavasana is actually really crucial for you absolutely but it's interesting because it's very useful for all of us but it kind of takes that thing for us to realize that this is a very very useful practice even when you actually need to be tied down (laughs) to get there yeah and fatigue is really interesting for for me at the moment because for Mm -hmm. all intents and purposes i'm still really strong and Mm -hmm. i can still do a lot of physical um, practice so there is a big part of me that is still a bit in denial about this need for rest Mm-hmm. which has been a really interesting aspect for me to look at within my own practice. Like, mm. how much longer can I sit here and do nothing for? And mm. um, I, I can happily sit 45 minutes an hour in meditation, which also counts mm-hmm. as, you know, if form of Shavasana, if you want to call it that. Mm. Um, but mentally, there's a slightly different sense of achievement sitting long mm-hmm. and doing nothing versus lying down and physically, consciously resting. For some reason, that mm. just feels quite different. Mm. That, that yeah, and it's fascinating. So I think part of it is the guilt. And now again, um, I'm thinking of my mum because my mum mm. is like me. She also can't do shavasana. And how we slightly differ is that I attempt to do it by tying myself down because I know it's kind of good for me. Whereas she really just doesn't see any point whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't think mum would mind me saying that (laughs) there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and i think that as long as she's really clear and happy with that choice and aware that that's who she is great is is that okay for people is that okay really to just swerve it your whole life (laughs) yeah well, I mean, they're obviously different different ways. I mean, she'll different ways of resting, and obviously there are different versions. Like, you know, there's the lying on your back version, there's the lying on your mm-hmm. front version. You can do it lying mm-hmm. on your side mm-hmm. um, with various props. And one thing that I have found is that putting a mm-hmm. bolster on the belly, on the chest, and eye pillow over the eyes significantly helps because you're holding yourself down. Because there basically. is something, there is that comfort of weight on right. the body. Right. Okay. Or a downward-facing okay. shavasana really helps. That's in one of my classes, wow. I think. Um, a downward-facing shavasana where you yeah. lay forward onto a bolster. Yeah. Um, yeah. And holding a, holding a blanket or eye bags or holding something in your hands when you're trying to, to rest can also be very, very calming. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And the importance of the shavasana. So that is, is part of uh, your recovery. Hmm. um presumably and also do you think that shavasana does make us happier (laughs) if it if it helps us step away from the things that get us into trouble more easily absolutely Mm -hmm. Um, i mean the things when it comes to does something make me happier the 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 measure for me personally is how likely am I to sabotage myself by doing something or not doing something? Right, I see. 
you know, if if yeah. having laid down, having laid down and rested for twenty minutes, I am less likely to lose it um, when while driving, or less likely to find mm-hmm. it irritating, or shout at somebody, or slam a door, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. That surely must be a good thing. Then you know it's then then it's then it's worth it. So it would be interesting to do that as a little experiment for me. I'm I'm quite. I'm quite tempted now to do this, Joe. I'm actually going to now. You've inspired me to reframe how I think of it. I'm going to talk. I'm going to think about it to myself as it's a challenge. Quality love a challenge. I love a challenge. I really rise to a challenge, and it's something I find hard. Like Shavasana, this is great. Mm. So I am going to reframe it as cuddle time with the dogs because the dogs are seriously important to me. Yeah. Um, and loads of people have babies and animals and yep. things that they care for, which yeah. probably they, you know, I think people might resonate with that. Mm. And I think I'm also going to journal and mm. work out the effects of the Shavasana, whether or not I become a nicer person, because mm. that's kind of one of my projects in life. <laughs> yeah. It's not only to become happier, but also a little bit kinder to other people. I mean, yeah. I think it's a knock-on effect of being happier, isn't it? If you're happy in yourself, you tend to be a bit kinder to other people. Absolutely. Um, and I, I know just to, I wasn't sure whether I fully answered your question earlier, but for me, absolutely. I find mm-hmm. that Shavasana definitely makes me a happier person. Right. And with regards to what you were just saying about if we can be kinder to ourselves, we would generally be nicer to mm. ourselves and to everybody else. Another really useful thing that comes with that that I practice is mantra. What mantra do you use? It varies. It can some mm-hmm. some days when it's really, really difficult is that very popular 12-step mantra, which is right now it's like this and it's okay. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. just how it is mm-hmm. today. And mm-hmm. this will change. Mm. That's nice. Um, that's that's sometimes just a really good mantra. Like this is changing, even mm. though you know it doesn't feel like it's ever going to get any better. This is actually changing right now. My right. nails are growing. My yeah, everything the, is changing. Yeah, everything is changing. You know, trees are growing outside. My hair is mm-hmm. growing. Um, everything's changing. Um, so no matter whether or not we believe it at that point in at this mm. minute particular point in time things are changing um Mm. and it's okay and when there are days when i'm a little bit more able to be generous and Mm open-hearted the loving kindness uh, meta mantras of may i be well may we be well may Mm. everything be well um those are really really useful mantras that i practice Mm. too um and that's that's for days when i really need something to hang on to like i need a word i need a phrase this is going mm. every time i feel myself sort of tripping up or criticizing myself or losing my steer on where my day is going you know right what's my mantra today can we come back to mm. this at least um do you, do you set your mantra in the morning when you're checking on your face so i'm thinking that might be time. a nice thing to do it would be a great thing to do. I think it might be something that I, mm. I try and consciously do more often. Sometimes it comes to me. Sometimes it just mm. happens when I've got that sort of quiet morning, quiet few hours mm. in the morning. Um, and some days I don't have a mantra at all. Mm-hmm. Um, another, another one that I frequently use is the Tibetan Buddhist practice, 
called Tonglen. I don't know if you heard of that. It's Man, where tell it, talk us through it. The simplest part of uh, the, the simplest way to describe it is we inhale the pain and we exhale peace. Inhale the pain and exhale peace. Inhaling the pain doesn't sound fun. I know, and that's the really <laughs> counterintuitive, the, the, the counterintuitive aspect of it. Yeah. What it What's is, that about? What it is is when you inhale, we say, I see you, pain. I feel you, whether it is in my mind, in my heart, in my body. I am looking at you in the face. So I'm not ignoring you. I'm not running away from you. I am not saying that you are not worth my time or attention. You are here and I acknowledge your pain right here, right now. But I'm going to exhale peace. So I'm going to meet this pain with peace. That's really lovely. Um, as you say, very counterintuitive. Mm. And I think, again, that's quite interesting to me because um, in the kind of happy, clappy world of self-help, we don't talk about the pain. We talk about happiness and we just focus on being happy and having a exactly. shiny life and everything's great. Exactly. Um, which is why I first came across this in one of Pema Children's books. And she mm -hmm. describes it ex exactly as that. It's like the reason... That, the the more we suppress the pain, the more the less likely it is to go away. Wow. And I suppose all of us, because a lot of folks, and the first thing that came to my mind is, you know, gosh, I'm an incredibly privileged human being. I'm very well. Like, I don't have pain, but actually, like, to be honest, every there is pain. There's loss all yeah. the time. Yeah. And there's a feeling of loss, even if we sort of do suppress it and we pretend everything is totally cool absolutely it's not and totally it, cool really <laughs> and it doesn't have to be any huge great big thing obviously if there is a big thing going on then there's something it could be a pinched nerve that's been bothering you for years it could be tinnitus mm. that's been part of your life for years and years mm. and years it could be the dog barking across the street mm -hmm. it's whatever mm -hmm. it is that is gnawing at you whatever it is that's you know, th mm. that little stain on the tablecloth that, that mm. you, that's got you wound up that day. Yeah, right. The, my, my noisy neighbours yeah. and their, and their <laughs> extension that they're building. I'll put them into that category. <laughs> oh, let me, have you got, is that what you're facing right now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah. feel you. I feel you. Between <laughs> buying this house and moving here, the neighbours across the street extended their house by a third. Don't yes, that's what mine are doing. That's what mine are doing. Sorry, where we're we going off piece. We're going, we're going off piece. But to be honest, it's quite useful, maybe, because this is how real life is. If you don't have real pain, I mean, that's not real pain. Yeah. So but, when the building noise is going on next door to you, and you're looking out your window, and you can't focus on what you're writing, mm. you stop and you say, "I feel this." It's not about feeling the noise; it's your reaction inside to what's going on next door. I, I feel see. this. I acknowledge this energy that's rising in me. As it could be irritation, it could be, mm. "Oh, you know, I'm totally fed up with this." It could be, mm. "Where can I go to get away from this?" I feel mm. this pain, and I'm exhaling peace in response to yeah. this sensation. Yeah. I honestly did not believe it um, when I first read it, that it was a practice. And then I started practicing it and I'm totally sold on it. It really works from my own personal mm. experience. 
What I love about it is I think that it might become a very useful thing. So one thing that I'm really a little bit obsessed about is collecting tools, mm. tools to kind of deal with life. Mm. And right now, for me, I'm very lucky. Life is going smoothly. You know, we're mm. all happy days, easy sailing. But I know full well that the nature of life is change. And around the corner, probably, you know, just isn't the nature of things. I'm, I will lose somebody, something, or experience pain again in a more serious way. So yeah. I suppose if I'm used to doing this practice with silly little things like my noisy neighbors, then as and when the big stuff does hit, then I'll have a tool. Exactly, exactly. And I think the important thing to remember about having these tools is these tools will never preclude the pain happening to us. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. that we're not ever going to experience pain. It's just that exactly as you said, when it happens, when it inevitably happens to us, yeah. we will have a few things that we might be quite skilled at to yeah. deal with it on a daily basis. Yeah, that's really so important. Um, that ability to practice things before before you really need them before so that then when <laughs> yeah when it really does go down i yeah. really like that matthew cohen my, my favorite one of my favorite teachers matthew cohen always says mm -hmm. you know practice for what's coming in 10 years time mm. Mm. that's a really really beautiful way of saying it because goodness knows what's happening in 10 yeah. years time exactly Mm. Yeah. Wow. So that's a really, really nice. I think we've got a few tools there. I really like that. I love the um, awareness of the face. I love the um, working out who you are in the morning, even before your cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> and I and the finding space and the finding silence. Yeah. That that is really, really beautiful. If people are able to do that and i'm certainly going to do that and journal with it and yeah. i'm also going to explore the sh life in shavasana and i hope yeah. that the movers hold me to account on this <laughs> <laughs> like how's your shavasana going cat and yeah. ask me to show show my journaling on whether or not that's that'll be amazing don't forget the space. yeah that's right okay the done list is so the, the done list is an important thing we'll have to i definitely will because i'm a big to-do list person so the done mm -hmm. list is going to be a game changer so now, i love that you know you can say that today i did shavasana for three minutes and the next day you can say mm -hmm. i did shavasana for four minutes mm. and then you carry on and instead of criticizing yourself for oh damn it i only managed three minutes in shavasana before i started wanting to do something else you turn it and say i accomplished three minutes in shavasana from not wanting to do it at all okay that's great so a come so i don't want to put it as a to-do list i'm like thinking okay <laughs> my, my on my fridge i'm gonna have my done list but i have to remember to do it before it gets done <laughs> And also the pain meditation is something I'm going to explore because this sounds really useful. I'd like to um, link to that book in the show notes, if that's sure. okay. I think that would be Absolutely. an interesting thing for people to see. Yep. And, and then the, as you're sort of going towards the end of the day, do you have any other 
little happiness tips to round off the day with, Ju? Happiness tips to round off the day with. Um, go out in nature. Absolutely do that. Mm. Um, wherever you are, even if you live in a concrete jungle, go out and find mm -hmm. the moth that's growing in the cracks because there will mm. be something growing in the cracks. Mm. And that, that's nice. that for me is almost more powerful sometimes when you see a sole, lonely dandelion in the middle of the paving on Fleet Street or something like that. You know? yeah. um, because it's a real expression of the resilience of nature and no amount of concrete mm. and glass and steel and railways and tarmac is going to hide mm. the fact that we are inextricably part of each root and each waft of breeze and mm. every bee that flies past and the pollen that that blocks up our sinuses. We are all <laughs> part of it. And yeah. the more we remind ourselves whether or not we you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go into defining what that might mean for each individual person because that's a hugely personal thing. Just going out there is a step to reminding yourself that we are not only in this construct of our mental state. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really important. Um, that is something that comes very naturally to me because I do find the natural world soothing <laughs> yeah and i live um as you know i live in a lovely rural spot where mm. i can enjoy nature for that mm. reason because i think that i think that when when you it, it's like it, it's part of i i think it's part of yoga really it's like getting that connection mm. that we are in the natural world and what's going on in nature is also what's going on with us be curious. It's a really wonderful opportunity to go out and really be curious about something that's not a word or a picture or a film mm. or a screen. It's like, where did that moss come from? Mm. You know, it's been raining so much everywhere lately. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I really love, one of the questions my husband has started asking um, whenever it rains is, oh, I wonder where that water has evaporated from. Yeah, that's so, a good one, isn't it? It's great. And I think yeah. he was genuinely curious about it. And, you know, but it's a wonderful way of looking at it. It's like it's pissing down with rain outside. <laughs> but where did this water come from? And suddenly I'm taken mm. away from the fact that it's going to be dark and mm. gray and wet. As mm. I'm thinking about, ooh, which ocean did that come from? I wonder if it came from the Caribbean. I wonder if it came from mm. the North Sea. Mm takes mm. you straight out of a negative state of mind with regards mm. to the rain anyway. Yeah, and it makes you feel connected to nature and the yeah. real things that are happening. Yes. And I think that's so important to sort of, yeah, I, I love that. I think that's really, really good as a top happiness tip, get out in nature. Yeah, get out in nature. Um, with regards to end of the day rituals, it's really important to be aware what you're doing in the few hours before you actually climb into bed, mm. because that is going to shape your sleep, which will inevitably shape the next day. Mm. We might be scrambling to finish off things that are still unfinished on to-do list or trying to squeeze mm -hmm. in those 
15, 20 minutes reading two pages of a book or five pages of a book before our eyes get too tired or catching up on that extra episode on Netflix and it's suddenly <laughs> like, oh, the autoplay, next episode coming up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish I could find a way of switching that off on Netflix. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what, what are we actively doing in the couple of hours before we walk up to our bed and mm. get into bed? Um, mm. that, that could be quite revelatory. And it's an interesting one for people who do journal to keep a journal of that. Because instead mm. of waking up the next day and saying, oh gosh, I only got six hours of sleep and I really wanted eight. Mm. If we are cataloging what we're doing habitually, mm -hmm. we can decide, oh, do I really need to do that for the last two hours before I go into bed? Or could I turn those last two hours into the two hours of sleep I missed? Yeah, right. I think I think that is so useful, and of course, sleep is sleep is the thing that affects our lives pretty much. You know, most more than anything, it affects our yeah. health. So, I, yeah, I think that's a really, really good idea on journaling, journaling what we're up to, and just being more aware of the decisions that we're making. Right, that's kind of what it comes to. That is a really key part, I think, at the end of the day, when it comes down to happiness, is how. Mm. How can we take responsibility for this? Mm. It, happiness isn't something that just happens to us. Mm. Happiness isn't something that, I mean, yeah, so, uh, although it's always available to us, what mm -hmm. makes us think that we have this given right to always be happy? Mm. We have the capacity to tap into that. But unless mm. we start to take responsibility for the choices that we make and remind ourselves we have the choices most of the time, Mm -hmm. What are we doing about these choices available to us towards happiness, whatever we choose to define happiness as? That's beautiful. That really, really makes sense to me. And I think the more I can wake up in my life and be really aware of each conscious decision that I'm making, I know that that will have a massive impact. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's the key to you. That's it. <laughs> and then be kind. Be kind when we don't succeed. Yeah, right. Be really kind yeah. to ourselves when we don't succeed. Yeah. And, and I like the fact that it's when we don't succeed. It's not yeah. even. <laughs> it's not like, you know what? It's yeah, not that's right. It's inevitable. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to fall off the bandwagon at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. The next it's totally fine. Mm. That's um, lovely. It's having, yeah, I've really learned to have a sense of humor about what I, how many times I get it wrong. Mm. And I have to say, I mean, you know, we've got dogs, we don't have kids, but the marriage is certainly proving a very rich playground for mm -hmm. life lessons on how many things I can get wrong in one day. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I think anybody with a family will completely <gasps> empathize with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many things have I, I mean, obviously that's not something I put on my done list. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of mess ups with your partner.
yeah. <laughs> but that, yeah, but, yeah that. having having yeah. somebody around is somebody to hold you accountable to yourself with, I suppose, as well. Because mm. those of us who live on our own or live with non-speaking species who can't give us the information in a in language. Yes. <laughs> can't give us that feedback. We don't benefit from that as much. <laughs> I think with even with my dogs, I often find myself thinking, oh gosh, I haven't done enough for them. Mm -hmm. I haven't I could have walked them an extra 15 minutes today mm -hmm. or Oh, maybe I could have, you know, made their meal a little bit more interesting today. Mm -hmm. um, I really should have trimmed their tone, their, their claws mm -hmm. earlier. Th mm -hmm. There are so many things I can quite easily find myself ready to criticize myself for, mm -hmm. even, with, even with my dogs. And Absolutely. their willingness to just be okay as long as you're there, mm -hmm. just, there are no words, you know. No, I know. There are no words, and I know you understand that totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a really great connection with my guys, and I'm, and I'm the same. They're, they're just incredibly um, forgiving beings mm. of all of my flaws. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Joe, it's great to chat. Where can people find you out in France on retreat? Can they can they come onto your retreat yet? Absolutely. The one Brilliant. of the things that we we set out here to do was to actually try and break the mold of retreats to a certain mm -hmm. degree, because a lot of the time the re retreats are on set dates with a specific teacher, mm -hmm. um, and if you can't make those dates, then unfortunately you can't go on retreat. Yep. We do have a few set dates in the calendar where we are running retreats here. Um, but our idea is we have the space available and we both teach things that can be useful on in a retreat setting. Mm -hmm. And so anytime anybody wants to come, whether it's for a weekend or a week, um, we, if we can make it work, we will run a retreat for you. Oh, that is amazing. So how can people, Where? because you're on Instagram now, what is, yes. what's your handle? Instagram. The handle on Instagram is Normandy Retreat House. Normandy Retreat House, and that's Normandy in beautiful northern France by yes. those amazing beaches, a little bit warmer and less harsh than England and not too far away either. Absolutely. We are an hour from the nearest airport. We are near all the ferry ports. Um, mm. People have come, many people have come by train to us. Um, we are near some of the most beautiful unspoilt beaches um, on the Atlantic. On a clear day, we can see Jersey. Um, mm. It's great. Oh, it sounds just idyllic. So people can follow you on Instagram. Are you, is, is the retreat, are you on Facebook as well or on anything else? We are, we are, we have a page on Facebook, also no, mm -hmm. the, the Normandy Retreat House and we are on Instagram as Normandy Retreat House. I'm in the process Normandy of updating. Yeah, I'm on the, I'm in the process of updating the website. So um, mm -hmm. that will go on Facebook and Instagram in due course. Fabulous. Great. Well, I hope that, you know, your people will find you out and you're amazing place because it just looks so beautiful and i can't wait 
to come and visit you. It's going to have to happen soon, Jim. I can't wait to have <laughs> you here, but I'll see you in London before then. Indeed. Listen, thank you so much for all of your time and your amazing tips. And I hope that you continue to get well and recover. Thank you. Thank all you, right, much for the invitation. And I'll see you in Shavasana. See you in Shavasana. <laughs> I really do hope you enjoyed that little chat. Well, I must say, I found it really quite life-changing because I will be using those practices and I will be giving it a go and I'm also going to be, hopefully, held accountable by you lot. So, <laughs> what we do at Movement for Modern Life here is once you're a member, you get to become a member of our private a private Facebook community group and that's where we will hold each other accountable and we are able to commit our practice to somebody because that's always part of it isn't it if you're doing yoga at home and you're doing these practices on your own and you don't have a teacher right there to support you you have to you have to reach out and get support so that's what we do for each other on the movers group so I am going to be held accountable for my Shavasana practice and also for my morning meditation practices as suggested by you. And I'll be keeping you updated on there as to how I get on with it. So if you're not yet a member, do join up um, to movementformodernlife.com. You can get your free 14-day trial and um, then you can access all of Jew's classes and you can just go to Movement for Modern Life, scroll down the teachers and you'll find Jew and all his amazing Qigong and yoga practices right there. As well as, of course, all our other world-class teachers um, who are all at your fingertips. And we've now got over a thousand classes. We've just upgraded our iOS app, which is also super exciting. So it means that you also get access to move lists on the app, which means that when you find favorites, because of course there's a thousand classes, and with that much choice, you'd want to just find the ones that you like when you want to repeat them, when the, when the time is good. So you can create movement lists and you can do that, say, have one for travel, one for mornings, one for evenings, and then it's your favourite. So you don't need to waste time searching for class because it's all about efficiency and just getting on with it, getting on with your daily practices and, you know, not making songs and dances and hoo-hahs about it. Another thing which I really hope will help us all to commit to our daily practices is on the app and also on the website, we have um, a class tracker as well as a class scheduler. So you can find a class you want and then schedule it into your diary. So it magically, with that tech thing, it sort of um, hooks up with your diary so that you have you know, diary appointments, your class is coming up. Um, so that's a pretty neat thing. Um, and then I think you can get sent a notification, get sent an email about that um, so that you don't miss class. So it becomes as important as going away on a retreat, on a studio class. It's exactly the same, just you're doing it at home. So we've got all these sort of little things to help us all keep committed to our daily practices and to keep accountable to each other. And the other cool thing that we've got is also we've got the class 
tracker. And that means that you can keep tab of your streaks because I know that folks like to know that they're practicing every day and you kind of get a little virtual gold star. Well, you get a real gold star on the screen when you do your 21 consecutive days. And we do send out little surprise prezies to our gold star movers every now and again. Um, so that's all, also a nice little something because everyone likes a little bit of reinforcement for doing what's good for us. Um, so I do hope you join up to movementformodernlife.com. It's pretty cool. And we're a really small, welcoming, dance-worth community um, run by yogis for yogis. It's just us lot, really. And we're always here to help. So that's so hopefully that's really helpful to you. Anyway, I'm so glad you found the podcast. Do please subscribe and then you won't miss an episode. We've got some real goodies coming up. And um, if you've enjoyed it and you'd like to support us, please do give us a lovely five-star review so that other people can then find us too. That would be just smashing. Okay, with no further ado, I'm going to sign off for now and wish you a fabulous couple of weeks. I'll be back in a fortnight with some more world-class teachers where we learn how we're going to take our yoga practice off the mat. Alrighty, take care. Bye.